is on the front lines for the gospel, um, who is sacrificing, um, and who understands the persecution, uh, you just are in a sense of awe that someone would would do that and uh, want to share the gospel. It's like now I think about um, those in Ukraine, uh, the church in Ukraine, uh, even the church in Russia. Uh, I have a, a family member, an extended family member who is from Russia and has family in Ukraine. And um, just the turmoil there, the, the, the conflict there uh, for them is difficult because they have family in Ukraine, but they also have family in Russia. And so we want to pray for the church in Ukraine, for the church in Russia. And I think a lot of times we think about God's church kind of being just local maybe, but God's church is around the world. And uh, so we want to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Um, and I hope you'll join me as we do that this morning. wanted to welcome anyone who's visiting with us this morning. We are thrilled that you're here to be a part of our service. And um, hope you uh, have your questions ready. You can ask uh, me anything you'd like to about grace. I'd love to tell you more about who we are and what we emphasize here. And uh, we're just thrilled that you're here to be a part of our our missions conference, this is our first weekend. I hope you received your brochure when you walked in. Um, the theme is People Must Know, uh, Go Therefore. And we're living in a time where there are a lot of questions out there about what's going on in our world. Um, I told the elders Thursday night, I believe this is true, that this is just the beginning, the conflict that's going on. And the Bible talks about, in Matthew 24 and 25, wars and rumors of wars before the second coming of Christ when he comes to earth. So if you back up and do the math, we believe in a, a rapture. So you go out seven years, we're right there. I mean, I truly believe the Lord can come any time. And we need to be ready and we need to take those opportunities he gives us uh, to share the gospel. With that in mind, I wanted to... Um, to read just a couple of verses out of the book of Romans. I was reading um, Romans 1, and I know our theme verses are from Romans 10, but as I was reading through Romans 1, through the first 17 verses, I was um, taken back by how often the gospel is referred to. Whether it's the phrase, the gospel or whether there's a little word, it, which refers back to the gospel, you, you'll be hard-pressed to find very few verses in those 17 where the gospel is not referred to or not looked back at. And so I would just encourage you that you know, our missions conference is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about sharing the gospel of Christ. And as we talked about last week at the end of our services, we wrote on those cards... You know, who is that person for you right now that you're burdened for? Who's that person in your family or a friend of yours that you know that's lost? And so I wanted you to stand as I read uh, Romans chapter 1. And I'm just going to read verses 15 through 17. Paul says, So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Why? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. See that little word, it? The gospel is the power. The power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. May the Lord challenge us as we think about the opportunities he gives us each and every day to be the voice of the gospel, to tell others about his love. And um, I just trust that uh, the Lord will just impress on us the importance of not only sharing it, but living it in front of others. It's great to see all of you guys uh, today. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this time that we're able to uh, share together. Lord, your, um, your word gives to us um, in clarity the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote in, to the Corinthian church, um, for I delivered to you as a first importance, the gospel. Um, it is of first importance, and I pray for us that we would not only um, recall our own salvation if we are in Christ, but that as we recall that moment of salvation, that you would stir our hearts to share about the good news, because it is really, really good news. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve your grace, but you have extended your grace to us, and we are thankful people. I pray that's true. Lord, we pray for our missions conference. We've already started this last hour, and we're thankful for those who were able to share. And we look forward, Lord, to what you're going to do uh, this hour as we consider missions locally and around the world. So we give you all the praise and all the glory. May you be honored this morning in the name of Christ. Amen.
to be here this morning to be able to speak out for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're called, and we're going to hear it all through the conference, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're here for. We're not only just to go and timidly just share, but to shout it. We have the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, and we should be excited about that. We should rejoice, my friend. We should rejoice. And so let's do that. We're going to shout it from the north to the south to the east and the west. And let's stand and let's do it right now, okay? Shout to the north. We're going to start with the men first. Just the men, see?
of heaven and earth, and we're going to shout it everywhere. hope that's what we're going to be doing this week. Thank you. You may be seated. Debbie Bliker, you may have seen the mistake in the bulletin. There's a C in that a Bliker uh, uh, last name there. So uh, it's Tim and Debbie Bliker. They're compañeros of mine, and you may hear them uh, minister most of the time in uh, another language uh, like Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que ha dado a su Hijo unigénito para que todo aquel que en él cree no se pierda, mas tenga la vida eterna. That, <laughs> yes. uh, that's John 3.16 in Spanish. Their, their ministry is called Walk Through the Bible. They are also professors at Rio Grande Bible Institute on the Texas-Mexican border and uh, have been in uh, missionaries for 28 years. Two sons, Caleb and Josiah, and they uh, ministered mostly in Mexico before uh, they moved down to Rio Grande Bible Institute. Uh, their walk through the ministry, uh, uh, walk through the Bible ministry, uh, uh, takes them all over the Spanish-speaking world, and he will tell a little more, uh, Tim will tell a little more about uh, some of the students that they are training to be able to do the walk through the Bible, uh, influencing 13, 14, 15 different countries uh, that speak in Spanish. Uh, they uh, have been compañeros míos, uh, for many years, and I know them very well. I actually had Tim's dad's office down at Rio Grande Bible Institute when I taught down there. So it's a real pleasure for me to introduce them, Tim and Debbie Bliker. Thank you, Ann. Good morning. Oh. It is so wonderful to be here with you all and meet you. Tim has been able to travel here a few times to come and help the selfs with the ministry at the prison. And I wasn't able to be here, so I am very grateful that God has given us this opportunity to be here, fellowship with you, and meet you. And, and to thank you all so much for your support for us with prayers and finances. And we just um, we pray for you almost every single day, and we are so thankful for you, and um, we've even watched a couple of your church services during COVID, so <laughs> um, God, God opened doors, didn't he, to reach out to more people than we ever imagined, um, and so I wanted to introduce you to our family. Um, we are Tim and Debbie Bliker, and this is our son, Caleb. Caleb is 28 years old and he lives with us. He has some neurological disabilities and some sleep disabilities and um, which makes it very hard for him to live on his own. So he lives with us. 
And we also have another son, our younger son, Josiah, and this is him and his lovely wife, Carrie. And they live in Spokane, Washington. And our sons were three and four years old when we moved to Mexico. So they, uh, they feel very Hispanic culture in their, um, in their lives, and they, they love being around Hispanics. So we, it is um, Josiah, even though he lives in Spokane, Washington, he'll find people from the boondocks of Guatemala up there. And they look so lost in the grocery stores, and he just says, hey, how can I help you in Spanish? And they're just like, <laughs> way up in Spokane. So um, God opens doors wherever we are. And um, I just wanted to share my testimony because you don't know me. And I wanted to tell you how I came to know the Lord as my Savior because, you know, what's the purpose of being here if it's not for knowing Jesus as our Savior? And uh, I grew up in a home where both of my parents knew the Lord as their Savior my grandparents on both sides of my family, and all my aunts and uncles. So I grew up in a very rich um, heritage, um, great legacy. And uh, when I was seven years old, my dad shared the gospel with me on a Saturday morning when I would have rather been watching cartoons. And yet God changed my heart, and he gave me, just like put those cartoons in the back of my mind and said, I want you to listen to this. And all of a sudden, I was just glued to what he was telling me, even though I had gone to Sunday school all my life, and the Holy Spirit was working in my heart, and that was my time. And God um, spoke to me, and that morning I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And um, immediately after I finished praying and asking Jesus to forgive me for my sins and to be my, my Lord and Savior, I said, Daddy, we need to go tell my sister about this right now. And so right away I became a missionary, sharing the gospel with my sister. Um, but it wasn't until um, I was in high school that I went on a mission trip. Um, some, uh, an evangelist came to our church and said, hey, um, would you consider coming and singing with us in Mexico in a choir and traveling all over and um, in Spanish? And I'm like, I don't know any Spanish. And he's like, that's okay, we'll teach you. So I had a week to memorize and learn all these songs in Spanish. And they take a group of about 60 um, high school, college age people, and they travel all over Mexico. And that was my introduction. It was an eight-week trip, um, mission trip. And first of all, it was a miracle that my dad even let me go because he didn't. He is very, you know, protective of his little girls, you know, and going into a foreign country, and he let me go, and it changed my life. Um, I, I was so impacted by how God wanted to, um, how people were just hungry for the word, you know. I would say, hey, um, through an interpreter, would you like to hear about Jesus and what he can, how he can change your life? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, whoa, that is so foreign, you know, <laughs> to what we grew up with, you know. And so um, I went back another summer for eight weeks and took my sister along with me again. And um, just returning from that, I, um, returning from there, I told my parents, I know that God wants me to be a missionary. Whether I'm single, married, I don't care. God wants me to be a missionary. And so... While I was, uh, I went straight from Mexico to Moody Bible Institute. I didn't even go home. 
Um, and I there met my husband, Tim, in the Moody Corral. And we, um, I immediately was hunting down anybody who looked like a Hispanic or who spoke Spanish that I could be a part of. And I attended a Spanish church my whole four years there. So God's been just in my life working with me to work with Hispanic speakers. And then I met Tim. So I will let him continue on with our story. All right. So this is scary. I see these cables here. When my half hour is done, I get zapped or something? I don't know. It, oh, okay. Um, but then the next missionary said, Tim, take all the time you want. Oh, you don't know me. In the children's time, I had eight lines for one hour. I have more than eight lines for 30 minutes. I don't know how we're going to do this. But anyway, um, we are missionaries, as they said, with Avant. And our main ministry is with Walk Through the Bible, Caminata Biblica. Everybody say, Caminata Biblica. You know the most important words in Spanish now. <laughs> and we also teach at the Seminario Biblico Rio Grande. And uh, we'll talk a little more about that in just a sec. We're, we're going to sing a song. And since you normally sing in English, we decided that we would uh, push your buttons and stretch you a little bit. And we'll do a song in Spanish. And you might want to know what you're singing before we get there. So um, the words, you might recognize the tune, but the words are biblical. We did change the words. Um, to get to heaven, you need faith in Jesus Christ. And then the chorus is Christ saves. And then the second uh, verse is Solamente Jesús nos puede salvar. Only Jesus can save us. And the chorus, everybody say, Cristo salva. That was very good, six of you. And the rest of you, <laughs> Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Jesús. Jesús. All right. Para llegar al cielo se necesita la fe en Jesucristo. Cristo salva, Cristo salva, Cristo salva, Jesús. Solamente Jesús nos puede salvar. No hay otro camino, no lo hay. Solamente Jesús nos puede salvar. No hay otro camino. Together, everyone. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Cristo salva. Jesús. All right. 
Yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that we get to do is teach caminata biblica, walk through the Bible. And one of the things that we have is pictures that describe the scriptures. So because we know that the big N sounds like begin, big N, begin, the key word of Genesis is beginnings. <laughs> but in Spanish, en grande doesn't sound like comienzos. So we changed the picture to be, what's the world doing? Pues comiendo. Comiendo sounds like comienzos. In Exodus, well, we know that it's the book of... You know, we got up to 16 people, but the rest? Come on! We're in the book of, and by the way, I want to commend you for those amazing 17 kids that were downstairs this morning for that hour. They are amazing. I love those kids. If I were the privileged to have 17 kids, I would want those. So this is the book of Exodus, and the key word is exit, but Éxito means success in Spanish. So that's not the, yeah, they had success in getting out of Egypt, but that's not the key word. So in Spanish, we made it, the, the book doesn't start with an E-X. The, the key word is salida, leaving, but, or exit. But how do you know it's the book of Éxodo? Well, you just look at the palm trees, and the shape of the letter is X for Exodo. So that's how we know it's the book of Exodo. And in English, we have left foot a kiss. That sounds like Leviticus. And we have <laughs> offerings and feasts. But when I was teaching in Spanish, and I would describe this, ofrendas, sacrificios y fiestas. And so we have the festivales, and I was talking about the offerings and feasts. And we have five offerings and seven feasts in, in this book of Levitico. And they, it, halfway through, they're going, remind me why the guy has his foot up? Well, that's just an English play on words. And you know, it, would, it would take five minutes just to describe the play on words. And at the end of Leviticus, they would say, well, why is the guy kneeling down, kissing the guy's foot? Okay, forget it. We need another picture. So the other picture is, what is this guy sitting on? Pues nada. And that means he's Levitical. Sounds like Levitico. And we have sacrificios y fiestas. And this book of números doesn't need to be translated because numbers and wandering is números and peregrinando. And I wanted to show you a little bit of when, when I was teaching in, at the Texas-Mexico border where we live. This was another church, but a couple of weeks ago I got to teach, and both Debbie and I, our phones are going, bing, 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 what, what's going on? Welcome to Mexico. And I thought, okay, I know we're one block from the Mexico border, but we're still in the U.S. That's how close the churches are. Um, this one is uh, the church, uh, this is about a half hour from our house. <laughs> Nació cuatro mil años, uh, golpe. 
gave you 17 seconds, it could have been two and a half minutes of listening to words that you don't understand. <laughs> and then COVID hit. Oh, man, talk about depression. I love teaching live. I, get, I love people. And I had to be in my house, and I couldn't leave. And so um, I get a call from two Alejandros. Alejandro Colombo is from Argentina. Alejandro Viedo is from Honduras. And they said, we two Alejandros and Fito from Mexico and you, we're going to co-teach all four of us a, a, a class on Ruth. And each of us gets one chapter of the book of Ruth. So we're, we're going to teach Refugio. And so we taught it. It was probably 100 people on the Zoom and so you got 25 on one page, you skip it, and the 25 on the next. And it was really fun. They were all in, I forget how many countries, uh, at least 15 countries represented in our audience uh, of this book of Ruth. So even through the pandemic, when we're sitting in our, in our rooms in front of this stupid machine that I'm so tired of, I want real people well, God still uses us even though we're in, in front of the laptop. And so here's, here's a few of the, the, the people. I didn't show you all of the slides. They all look alike, just little people. Um, this guy is in Cuba, and he, he sent a picture of him in, in, um, just outside of Havana, and he's on his roof and you would wonder, why are you sending a picture of you on the roof? He says, well, the, the internet connection doesn't work really well in our house. So for all the study of the book of Ruth, all those hours, he was up on his roof learning about the book of Ruth. And I thought it was really cool that people will do anything if they're hungry for the word of God to listen and learn and obey. And here's this lady that was also um, learning, and uh, she, obviously she's working. <laughs> and then I also get to be part of a, a global um, children's trainers group, and we have people in Ukraine, people in uh, Philippines, let me look at the pictures. Um, several in, in the States are there, but uh, we have Africa, Nigeria, South Africa. Um, so anyway, different countries. And so we get to, I get to be part of the group that trains these international leaders and they are uh, teaching the scriptures um, for, for children in, in their countries. And the guy in the upper left picture is our leader, Terry. And he was griping to his wife, kind of like I gripe at my wife. I can't be live. And, and so he used to be a principal for 38 years with 300 children in a Christian school in Seattle. And... She said, okay, you're not with people right now, but you're doing something that is impacting lives. How many children got taught because you were part of the training program? 
11 million. <laughs> okay, keep teaching. Don't be depressed. Okay, so we do get to impact a lot of people. It, it's actually 1.3 million, and um, it was 11,000 that month that, that, were, that were impacted. Children that got taught because we got to train them. And then I thought it was so cool when Enoch, um, you see that his walls are not really um, finished and you wouldn't want them to be finished because it's so hot in his country. But he's got internet on his phone and so he's learning the scriptures on his phone. And so I wanted to let you see, I got to train this, the teacher in the front and he's guiding the children in the school. I wanted you to hear a little bit of, of his teaching. Four! Lord! Nations! Abraham! Isaac! Jacob! Joseph! Creation! Four! Lord! Nations! Abraham! Isaac! Jacob! It's so fun. Every time I see this, I see I'm staring at another kid, and there's this kid in the front row just going like this the whole time, real excited. But maybe you guys could learn. What do you have in your hands? Put your hands like this. If you have a Bible, put it down. If you have a pen, put it down. Out of nothing, God created everything because you have nothing in your hands. We can now do this hand motion, and we're going to go together. Creation. And then sin we call fall. And let's do it together. Fall. And then God sent a flood as a punishment. And so we're going to say flood. And then we separate our hands. And you put the back of your hands together. And we're going to separate it as if we're opening a curtain. And we say nations. That's the first four events of Genesis 1 through 11. And then from 12 to 50, he focuses on a family. The first person is Abraham, and we go, Abraham, together, Abraham, and there are still some people going, Abraham, no, 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 walk through the Bible, participates, so if your neighbor is not participating, give him a Christian brotherly jab in his ribs, okay, together, we're going to go, Abraham, representing the star's of how many descendants he has. And those of you who put your hand down, why did you put your hand down? It's supposed to be up because the next hand sign, we grab a star and it becomes his child, the promised son named Isaac. And Isaac had a kid. Well, he had a couple kids, but the younger one wrestled against his brother and his father-in-law and God himself. And we say, Jacob, Together, Jacob. And then he had a favorite son who he gave a coat of many colors. And we say, Joseph. Together, in Spanish. Creación. Caída. Diluvio. Naciones. Abraham. Isaac. Jacob. José. Excelente. Excelente. 
So this is another teacher doing the teaching in his school. I love when teachers who I've gotten to teach, they're now instructors, certified walk through the Bible instructors, and they take it to heart and they teach hundreds of kids. I got COVID and so I couldn't go to Columbia last week. I was so bummed. And so here I am in my bedroom teaching the Colombians the... Uh, it was a group of 15 cream of the crop people that were specifically chosen by the Colombian Bible Society because we were, made a partnership with them. And we get to teach them, and those 15 are going to be teaching in the next few weeks at least three times, and then we're going to do another training in Colombia, and those 15 are going to help us train the next generation and then the next generation and the first generation the best of those two groups help us train the third generation and then by the fourth generation we're not even there they keep on training in Colombia and so that's one thing that we're excited about we get to train trainers and I got to my favorite student ever was my own brother Ben and he's taken it to heart he loves working with his hands and doing carpentry, but he knows that he should be teaching Bible. And so when he gets the Bible out and he starts reading, people start just going, when are you going to be done? Because he has so many rabbit trails. Did you know that this specific place, and then, then that takes him to another story, which takes him to another story, which takes him, and his audience is totally lost by then. And so when I got to train him in walk through the Bible, there is a structure. And you have to say these eight stories in these 30 minutes or else you're going to go over time and then you, then, then you never finish. So he has really done well and he's taught many, many times all over different parts of Mexico, in the mountains, in the, in the deserts in churches, out of churches, and he just drove 11 hours a couple weeks ago to a place, some boondocks place with his son, and his son, Anders, has a drone. And so he uh, took this, the drone of my brother teaching these people in Oaxaca, Mexico. It has no sound because his drone doesn't have sound on his video, but you can see the people learning, and so... I think it'd be cool to have a drone for my teaching, too. <laughs> uh, you can't do this in your church. Right after the teaching, keep on going above the next roof because your walls are, like, walled in. And this is the neighborhood of where he was teaching. Isn't that cool? I've watched that over and over and over. And so um, the guy on the left with the cool blue and white shirt, um, he was in one of the classes that I taught, and 
he was so excited to be able to give a prize to the best kid in the school. It was a public school. And this kid had learned all the 40 hand motions of OT Live, walked through the Old Testament. And he had gotten the prize. And the prize is a Bible. However, I don't know what the parents are going to say when this Muslim family comes with their child with a Bible into the house. So pray for the students of these teachers around the world that are teaching uh, people from other faiths the scriptures. And it's so exciting to see fruit. And this is another one of my students. Melts my heart every time I see this. And they're so excited about participating. We got to keep going. So we get to teach also in the Rio Grande Bible Institute, which is now uh, the Rio Grande Bible College, or in Spanish, Seminario Bíblico de Rio Grande. And we have 22 countries represented. And uh, it was founded in 1946. And we, the story of how we got there is totally of God. It was obvious that we had prayed, God, where do you want us to be? We're, we're here in Kansas City. It just doesn't seem like we're rooted. There's not all that many spinals. First thing you think of when you think of Kansas City is probably not the vast amount of Hispanics there. Well, it's true. There's not that very many. And so we've kind of felt like uh, we, we needed a change, but we didn't want to just move for moving's sake. And so we got an invitation to teach at Rio Grande, and so we were excited to go there. Uh, this, this past November, we moved there. And that's where it is. It's closer to Mexico. I'm, I'm north of Monterrey, Mexico, and north of many areas of, of Mexico. Uh, that's where we are in that red star. And we're so close to these other Latin American countries. And that's a couple of the buildings on the campus. And this is my class of Old Testament that I can't wait to see them on Tuesday morning at 7.20. They changed my hour from 8.20 to 7.20. I don't know why, but they're awake. You can't sleep with hand motions. And so these 15 students represent 10 countries. And there's... Another picture of the student body. And our prayer request is for the Rio Grande Bible College to make an impact on these 200 students and also for our Walk Through the Bible global training in the States in Spanish and also around the Spanish-speaking world and also sometimes in English because we're teaching um, the, the children's program And soon we have trips to Oregon later this month and Panama this summer, Guatemala, and Turkey in April. Um, We have prayer cards on our table in the back and also a sign-up sheet. I'm sorry. 
uh, sign-up sheet if you would like to receive our uh, newsletter. And so please come visit me. I'm right back here at this table. And um, thank you again for your support and your prayers and um, any communication. We love to hear from you. God bless you guys. I brought, I brought prizes for those who were going to participate with us in some reviews, and we ran out of time. So if you want to receive a prize, you can review with me back at the table. I'll tell you this, I did not want to build anymore. At the end of 08, first of 09, I said, I'm never doing it again. It's ruined my life and I felt really bad. But as God began to transform and then the tornado sent in 11, he had moved in my heart again. And when I saw all the devastation, we were out there working. I, uh, I had a guy ask me on the way home one day in a truck. He said, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? I remember this like it was yesterday. I said, I would love to build houses for free, for free. And um, within two months of that, Tracy at the mission was wanting to start up construction and a friend of mine told me about it. The second those words came out of my friend's mouth, my heart jumped. we would call a decent amount of vetting. We first and foremost want to make sure that we are serving and helping people that truly have a need. We also encourage, once we find out if we're going to work on a house and we find out who their pastor is, we're going to encourage that pastor to come and pray with us with their homeowner. And then when we get done, and they're welcome, we even encourage them to participate. And then the, the volunteers who come from out of town, and there's been countless, I don't even know at this point, over a thousand, thousands. And I think uh, helping our fellow man when they're down is exactly what Jesus asked us to do. And then the homeowners themselves, uh, many, many, many of them so precious incredibly precious people who um, waited for years, who prayed and had faith, and would give their testimony of how they had prayed, countless numbers of those. And so then to be able to be with those homeowners, to share with them, to have them share with us, so many of them are Christians, strong Christians, which helps us build our faith. And it's been, uh, the, the way it has built my heart has been, I, it never could have happened before that.
not, not possible. And I'll tell you this, I, I mean, I don't know another word other than to say this, it is addicting, I can't help it. To receive the love from a homeowner that comes from God, there is no blessing like it, not a drop. I just thank and praise God, first of all, for being so wonderful to me. Because it, it took some years to look like and the devil was saying, God ain't thinking about you, you might as well quit praying. But I thank and praise God that I didn't give that to my ear. I thank and praise God for the word of God. I thank God for you all as well. Come back and visit me. I, I'm not a stranger to you anymore. We are family. And that's why God wants us to love ye one another. I wasn't ready to do his will those first 40 years, at least not in this aspect. But he made me ready. And so what seemed to be horrific and was tough, tough, tough for my family, uh, for my wife, for my kids, but turned out to be, uh, has turned out to be incredible. And where I thought I would be blessing people, the blessing has, has been in my heart and, and out there too. But the blessing, the eruption in my heart has been uh, incredible. What I would tell anyone if you will just come and try this, your heart, you will not be able to leave without your heart being affected. The reality of Jesus Christ in serving is there's nothing like it. Nothing. So uh, about 14 years ago, I met Tracy in this building, and uh, he has such a passion for what God had put in front of him to uh, not only you know meet some physical needs out there in Birmingham, but also the spiritual needs that were so needed, and he provided that through the gospel. And I've seen a lot of different things happen at the, the mission, whether it was giving out foods or after the tornado hit in 08, uh, building up homes and then continuing that, and all the other outreach programs. I know part of that is through Tracy's leadership, but it's more importantly the, the Spirit of God working through him and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding him throughout everything he does. Uh, the neat thing about Christian Service Mission, if you want to help and volunteer, it's only about 30 miles away, and in, a lot of times you get ice cream after the day. So that's, that's always a plus. But right now, just help me uh, welcome Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I get nervous when I start uh, speaking anymore. I, you know, I used to preach. I used to be in a church with, with, with a pastor and preach all the time. And I don't get to preach much anymore. It's been a long time since I really preached. And... Uh, so I don't do much of that anymore. I, I knew the Lord hadn't called me to preach. Uh, last Sunday, uh, well, last uh, Friday night, I had an opportunity to speak in a church with a couple thousand people in it, and they gave everybody 55 seconds. And so I had 55 seconds, and I did it in 50. And, uh, and, so, uh, and if I was to do any sign language that you would tell me to do today, in my neighborhood where I served in Chicago, I'd have been killed. <laughs> so... Uh, just, 
as, as, I, as I think about uh, this church, so I th- think it uh, is very relevant um, for how I do a presentation. I th- I th- as Thad was speaking a while ago, and he was talking about letters written to Corinthian church. Um, I, this, is my, this is my journal, okay? This is my journal that I, that I write in every morning. And, uh, and, and, and so as I was journaling the other morning, and, and I read through the Bible, and I do every year, uh, and I've done it for this is my 35th year. And, and as I read, and as I was thinking about you, and as I was finishing my time with the Lord, and, and I began to think about this time, I was at this, uh, and so I'm a, I've written a letter to you, so it's a little letter to, to this church, to Grace. But the first thing I'm going to speak to you on is, the, is in Numbers. And so I was in Numbers. Uh, if I would just share with you what, what I was uh, in this morning, I was in Numbers 22 and 23, and it was talking about the donkey speaking. So uh, I'm not going to talk to you about that. Um, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to talk to you about and, and, uh, in Numbers 6, verse 22. Uh, it's a priestly blessing that Aaron, Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, tell Aaron his son, this, his son, this is how we are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites and I will bless them. You know, and I want to uh, give you a blessing today. I want to leave with you this uh, end of your missions day today with just that blessing that that what you saw on the screen what you what I'll talk about for a few minutes is a blessing because of the effect that many men and women in this church have had on my personal life Thad being your first you know was a roommate in college sweet mate and I could tell you stories bad stories about him but he has turned out good and you know, George Moran sitting over there, Dr. Hughley sitting back there. George, you see this video, and it was 35 years ago that you blessed me with many men from this church. And today, if you saw that, it said 135 homes. We actually did 155 homes now. That's a multiple of blessing. And I still don't have my own tool belt. I don't even know how to do it. And, and neither did George. <laughs> but he knew how to mobilize people and hear from God and respond to God. And you, many men from this church, came and blessed me and my wife in our home. And for many years now, I've been a part of helping now over 150 homes be blessed. And you see the woman in the picture. And, and, and I say, God, that's, Lord, that's, that's a hundredfold. So I write you this letter grace to say thank you even when you were two churches you've come back to one you both churches have helped and you're one today it was in 1980 42 years ago that five miles from here Chalkville detention center was where i first met my most profound person in my life miss helen miss helen wright and she taught me about journaling and so now over 42 years i've been journaling and because of people's investment in my life 
and in our lives that we become who we are. Uh, it, it, but for the grace of God, because from your history, my history, all of our history, my story, I, was, I came from an abusive home. I came from a home where my mother was a demoniac. I came from a home where uh, at 10 years old I was introduced to racism and integrated into an all-black junior high school. I came from a home that was just was not of a good place but for God's grace. And when I moved to, to Birmingham in 1980, I came to, to, to Chalkville, and I came to Southeastern Bible College not knowing anything. Had a second-grade reading level coming to college uh, and, and learning. And the, some of these men taught me how to read, taught me how to read the Bible. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, and, and what God did in those years was taught me so much. And, and I, I trust God that I was unlearned when I came and I left building relationships, learning how to build a relationship with God, with other people, and then what God wanted me to do in life. What did he want me to do? I wasn't pastoring, wasn't senior pastoring. What is it you want me to do, Lord? And, and God uh, took me from that place. He gave me marching orders back in 1984. He said, go, go to Chicago. And I went to Chicago uh, uh, and I wrote this, and I'm going to read some of what I wrote the other morning. We are on our way to a place the Lord promised us. For he said, I will give it to you. You know, and as, as I was reading in Numbers, and, and the children of Israel were given, uh, he's given them marching orders. God has given us all marching orders. And it's about the gospel. It's about making disciples. And he gave me marching orders in 1984. And I marched to Chicago, and I marched, and my wife and I went to Chicago, and, and we served in Chicago, and for six and a half years, God took us to a place and invested in young lives, and today, those young people who are now in their 50s are serving and walking with the Lord and multiplying to next generations over and over. Thank God for that, because we had the, the will to, to do that. The Bible says, come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised wonderful blessings for Israel. And this is what he was telling Israel, just follow me. And yet God had a promise for the Israelites and yet they kept saying, where's the food? Why'd you bring us out of here? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And all I can ever look back now is, is I look back at all those places and God's, I keep saying, what's forward, Lord? What do you have forward for me? Grace. What does God have forward for you? Not what you've been in the past, but what does God have forward for you? I learned uh, at ICI, and I learned how to have a heart for God, and I learned to have a commitment to serve. I love to serve, and, and, it, and that was what my gift is, uh, is service, and I learned that. But then God had another passion that he wanted to put deep in my heart, and he brought me back to Birmingham to serve under an African-American pastor and to help plant a church and, and, and to serve cross-culturally. God sent me to the very people to serve that I, I was taught how to hate. God taught me how to love. And now serving over 30-plus years, 36 years in the African-American community and, and in Birmingham, of all places in the entire world where the civil rights movement started, God's landed me in the middle of Birmingham to, to, to love people and to, to love the very people that spit on me and hated me and learned to love. 
And I've learned to do that. And I've learned the value I did in, of holistic discipleship making, of making a whole disciple, working with the whole person, not just getting them spiritually saved, but also helping them holistically. God's enabled me to be able to serve the church and to learn to love the church. And he did that after all those years in that church, 12 years in the church and the Center for Urban Missions and downtown and all the stuff that God wanted me to do in those years. In 2002, the Lord took me to to work with a ministry in Birmingham called Mission Birmingham. And and I began to serve churches and other nonprofits, mostly churches. And I'm like, Lord, what is all this about? What do you want me to do? And he, he, he continues to tell me to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. Uh, for, for eight years, I equipped the church, about 85 different churches I worked with in, in Birmingham and to bring these pastors together, Hispanic, black, white pastors together, to work together. And then in 2010, the Lord is. Uh, brought me to this place called the Christian Service Mission. He brought me there because he wanted me to learn to die to myself. It was time for me to give it all up to him. Not just give God a portion of my life, not a part of it, but all pre- preeminence, preeminence, all of my life, to, to learn what it means to serve the Lord and to walk with the church. And, 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 and so this is where I'm at today. I'm at the Christian Service Mission. God took me there 12 years ago and, and, and said, go. And, and I remember the first year there, all I did was, was get the place ready. And I never really realized what God wanted exactly, why he took me to this place, this building, having worked with all these pastors for all these years to this building, but to, but to get it ready. And God continued to tell me to get it ready. Get the church ready. Get the ministry ready. And, and in the last couple of years, I want to share with you really my heart and where my heart is, where I believe God's brought me to. And, and I pray that God, you'll see that you've had that investment. You've put that investment in me, that you, you've helped seal this, what God, I believe, has called me for this season of my life. Three years ago, turned, turned 60 years old. It makes you think about your life and, okay, what my direction is going to be and, you know, what, what, what Lord, what you want me to do. Uh, part of being on support for over 36 years, as you guys have supported me over 36 years, in, in the last couple of years, working with all these pastors, I've fallen in love with the local church. Not only just a little bit. I mean, I am in love with the local church. And as I've studied and, and, and looked at it and, and read God's word and read through the Bible, his kingdom will be coming one day for his bride, the church. And it's been the church that all of my days has been the church that has been the mechanism, the governing body that God has used to equip saints to do the work to send them out. It's the church and I tell people all the time, and they don't. A lot of nonprofit. I, I meet with a lot of nonprofit leaders and, and and pastors all the time. And I say, the Bible says, God says in the Bible, He said, "I'll build my church." He never says, "I'll build my nonprofit." And again, I mean, that's not what it says. It's, don't say that. And so I tell pastors all the time when I meet with a pastor, I say, 
I'm not here to build this ministry that God has given me. I'm here to partner and walk with you, the pastor of the church, the leader of the church. We met, Thad and I met earlier this morning, talking, the church, what does the church want to do? Some outreach, some things, some college students, come on, bring them on. I meet with pastors all the time, eight pastors this week I met with, at different segments to equip the church to do the work of the ministry because it's through the church that people will be saved and they'll be uh, growing their faith and it's through the church that God said he would build that then disciples are made and, and disciple making happens. It's through you, the local church. God loves the local church. God loves you, Grace. God loves you, and he's not finished with you. He's just getting started. Don't ever think that it's over. Don't ever think that, you know, we got a lot of seniors in the church, we got this, we got this. No, 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 no. You are the church, God's bride. He loves you, the church, and he has a design for you, and he has something that he wants you to do every day. God has called us all. God's called you grace to be disciple makers. I meet with pastors and Christian service mission. It's, fl- it's grown over the 12 years. It was a 12-year goal of mine, 12-year goal of mine, to get to the point where we're serving the local church primarily. And, and this last, since COVID, God has enabled us to do exactly what he called us to do. We spend 75% of everything we do working with the local church. 20% with other nonprofits, 5% with disasters. Everybody wants us to be a part of a disaster. But we don't, we don't, that's not our bailiwick. That's not what we do. We want to be with the local church, with you, the local church. If I can help you, the local church, you see the work that we did on this home with a local church pastor. You know that uh, we've been told over several occasions now that one home that we helped right around Christmas time was that pastor, about every week he says something about that blessing to that, to that woman in the church service. And because we esteem the pastor in that role. And we've, we've just completed 20 homes in the last couple months. And I get to meet with pastors every week to give them the opportunity to bless their own people because it's about the local church. I could give you stats today that would just blow your mind. They blow my mind. I mean, I don't even know how we do it, you know. Uh, In the last two years, we spent over half a million dollars on homes. Half a million dollars on homes. Where'd all that money come from? I don't know. I don't have a clue. But I know that it does. And that God has just allowed us the opportunity to work more and more with the local church to equip the pastors and the leaders in the church how to reach their community and how to do it together. Because God's called us as a united church to work together with other churches to see the gospel displayed in our city. And you're in our city. You, we're all a part of this greater Birmingham city. I look at the stats, and, and, and I'm going to move from this, but I, I look at the houses on here. I look at, you know, during COVID, since COVID. So I was here almost four years ago. I was trying to, is Annie here? Is Annie here? There you are. There you are. It's all your fault. Annie's husband is the one that started Christian Service Mission years ago, 51 years ago. Uh, But I'll never forget. I'll never forget. 
what she said to me. Uh, it was almost four years ago, and uh, she came up, and she, she had her, uh, was it your grandmother's Bible? Somebody had, in this church, your mother's Bible. I'll never forget that, folks. I'll never forget that. It's profound in my life. As I, she talked about her grandmother's Bible. And, and, and I stopped and I thought about it, and I went back, because I read through the Bible in a year. You know, I can tell people I do that. And, and it, was in, it was May, it was March that that happened. That was three years ago, this month. And uh, I went back, and all I could think about was reading through the Bible. All I could think about was me being a grandfather. And, and I've told you this. I'm a, I'm a grandfather. My wife and I, we got three kids. They're all grown. And we have five grandboys. Five. Five grandboys. Man, that's the greatest, man. I, ha- I was with one of yesterday, you know, three-year-old. And we're going crazy, you know. And we're riding scooters, and we're going crazy. And he picks up a rock from the parking lot, and he says, here's your next rock. Here's my rock. You know, when he gives me a rock, he asks me about my rock. He asked me about this rock. But when, when and, I, and I put that, and I remember that, because I want my grandkids to have the greatest memories of their grandparents they ever have. I have no memories much of my grandparents much. But as I've been reading through the Bible the last couple of years, 35 years, I bought, I didn't bring it today, but I got a Bible that I use at my desk, and I write every morning in that Bible. It's got margins on the side, and since three years now, I've been writing in that Bible. And the first two years, I spent writing to my number one grandson, Kyler. I have hundreds and hundreds of notes to him, underlining everything that I've got. And I finished that after two years. I went one year, decided to go to second year. And and then I started uh, last year writing to my second grandson, Kaysen. And I have my Bible at my desk, and I have hundreds of notes, that I, uh, pages after pages in the Bible, writing him notes. And I still do that today. I'm on my fourth year for my number two grandson. I better hurry up. I got five, you know, and probably get some more. But the heritage that we have in making disciples who make disciples who make disciples, that's the third generation. Grace, you have charged me and my wife for the last 30-plus years in making disciples. We have been faithful to what you've called us to. We've been faithful to the Lord in everything that you've called us to, to this point, and we'll continue on that for many generations, as long as God will have me on the face of this earth, that, that I come to you today and say thank you. Thank you for, for investing in me, my wife, my family, my kids. Those kids that are now adults, that have kids who have kids, who have been saved through our ministry, been saved through our lives, investing in, in the hundreds and hundreds of homes that we've redeveloped. It's the multiplication. It's the disciple-making over and over and never stopping that. I spend more time with pastors today, and I got about 50 pastors I spend every month with to equip those churches that represent thousands of people now. But I work with those pastors to help those pastors and ministry leaders to make disciples, who make disciples. And the multiplication of what you've done for us has been multiplied all over the world. So you 
as believers in Christ, sit here today, you give your support. Many of you have supported us as a family. Many of you have supported me as an individual. Many of you have loved us through all these years. And I'm here to say thank you, Grace, for your investment in us as a couple, as a family, as grandparents. And I pray that you'll continue to see that forward, the gospel going forward every day is what we're all called to do. Make disciples who make disciples who make disciples to mobilize the church. And yes, I will do it every day to the day that I have my last breath. God has enabled us to make disciple-making and to be a part of peacemaking, bringing worlds together, black, white, Hispanic, and the nations together right here in Birmingham. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these men and women who have invested their time, their energy, their lives, given of themselves. Thank you for these missionaries that have shared of the testimonies of the gospel that has transformed lives. God, this church is your church, raised up to make a difference in the world in which you've given them, the people in which you've given them, the families and the the season of life in which you brought all of us to, God. I pray that we'll always keep our eyes on you. And the letter, God, that you have for all of us individually, the letter that you have that you had us, that you've written in your word is relevant today as it was then. We give this to you. We pray this to you, God. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Tracy, I learned something today. You don't have a tool belt. George doesn't have a tool belt. But Teresa has a tool belt. That's my wife, in case you're visiting with us today. Um, Tim, thank you so much for sharing with us, and um, and Debbie, and thank you, um, Tracy and Mary Jo. She's in the back. Uh, y'all make sure you speak to these guys before you leave. Um, I don't have a history with uh, Tim. Um, it's probably a good thing, Tim, that you didn't go to school with me and Tracy. Because he was the ringleader, and we always got in trouble, you know. So. Um, I want to encourage you to come back tonight and uh, see the movie, 6.30. Uh, make sure that uh, you take the opportunity to do that and invite some friends to come with you. also wanted to remind you about next Sunday, we will have lunch on the grounds. Let me give you some good news. You get to move your clocks forward one hour on Saturday. I said it was good news. It is good news, right? You just have to go to bed a little bit earlier. That will not happen. You will come here yawning, I'm quite certain. But we have lunch on the grounds uh, next Sunday following the morning worship service. Today's the last day to sign up, so make sure you sign up. I haven't even signed up yet, but make sure you sign up for that meal. Uh, It'll be a great opportunity for us to fellowship uh, with one another immediately following the service uh, next Sunday. Please indicate as you sign up, what you would like to eat. Hamburger, hot dog. Can they do both? 
They can do both. Praise God. All right, so I like a hot dog every once in a while, usually only at a ballpark, but I guess I can make an exception here, all right? It's great to be here today. Thank you again, guys, for sharing with us. We really appreciate it. And for those who shared in the Sunday School Hour as well, uh, let's stand and close in a word of prayer together. Lord, as um, both of these families uh, represent you here and, and around the world, um, thank you for their commitment to you in that. Lord, I want to pray for um, their continued ministry, that you would go before them, that they would be followers continually in what you show them to do. Help us as a church to understand our role with all of our missionaries, not just praying for them and, and supporting them financially, but Lord, how can we be involved in their lives to come alongside of them? Please show us how to do that, that we might be a faithful a servants as well. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us in our own walk with you, as we heard from Tracy, the journaling piece and reading through your word on a regular basis. We just pray that Lord, you would just move uh, in our hearts and our lives to do that, to be faithful to that. And uh, we ask, Lord, that um, you'd be with all of our missionaries who were here today. We look forward, Lord, to um, more reports next Sunday about what you're doing. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us as we have opportunities this week to um, represent you, that we would do that well. And all, that, all this I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're dismissed.